to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley, a familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business, and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. It is Forbes Riley. Welcome to the Forbes Factor, one of my favorite hours of the week. All right. I'm pretty excited because I am traveling around the country. Uh, oh, wait, and you can hear me in the background speaking. Isn't that funny? How cool. Double Forbes Riley. That's what everybody wanted, I know. Uh, I've got a crazy booking schedule, and we've just started our speaker training. You know, I want you all to think about Do you in your life have an opportunity to express what you do? You know, the craziest thing about speaking, I didn't know anything about that world. And I, by accident, I don't know if it's by accident or happy circumstance, wandered one day into an AA meeting. Yeah, not an alcoholic, very proud. I don't drink much of anything, but my roommate was an alcoholic and he said, hey, come to this AA meeting with me. And I did and I supported him and I was 22 years old and I will tell you something very funny happened. Somebody got up and spoke and said, hi, my name is, and they started telling their story. And there I'm sitting in the audience and something happened to me. I was literally transformed. I related to this person's story and thought, how is it I don't know them? I'm not an alcoholic. And yet I completely relate to the pain and things they went through. The next person got up and did the exact same thing. And this was even a better story for me. And I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? And it was well before YouTube and you have all this experience to what speakers are. And that was my first indoctrination into someone speaking other than a speech that I'd heard or somebody reading from a piece of paper, but speaking from their heart and something magical happened to me. From there, I found myself going to seminars and trainings. And then one day I bumped into one of the greatest voices you've ever wanted to hear, a man named Les Brown. Oh my gosh. Les says things like, you don't have to be great to get started, but you do have to start to be great. I can listen to him speak live now, maybe more than a hundred times. He makes between 85 and $150,000 a speech. You know, my dad was a hardworking man. If I told him that speakers make on average 10, 20, 30,000 for the hour, I think he would roll over. And so I became enamored with this, but as many of you know, I was an actress, right? And I, my specialty is saying other people's words. I'm really good at that. From Shakespeare to Neil Simon, I can emote all I want. But the idea of telling your own story, I thought, I've got nothing to say. I, I, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks really powerful, but I have nothing to say. And I went on a quest. And as every great hero in every great movie does, male and female, to achieve the chalice, the golden nugget, or whatever Indiana Jones is hunting for now, they go on a quest. And I went on a speaker quest. And I started listening to all those TED Talks that you have out there, all the great speakers from Martin Luther to JFK, making these speeches, the orations, Marianne Williamson, Mahala, uh, when she accepted at the UN. There's so many great speeches. And I was like fired up and thought, could I do this? Well, I did. I have not only now spoken at the opening of a grocery store where I said everything was two for one, um, to on a cruise ship, to Grant Cardone's in front of 10,000 people at a 10X. And all of February and March of 2024, every week, sometimes two to three times a week, I'm speaking in cities like Phoenix, Orlando, LA, Salt Lake, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm traveling all over the country. 
And I invite you to just sit back for a second and say, wait a second, Forbes, that's great for you and great for Nelson Mandela and other people making great speeches. What about me? How does this relate to me, the average listener? Well, it relates a lot. Because let's go back to the people who spoke at that AA meeting, just people with a story to tell. So I'm going to ask you, do you have a story that bears telling? The answer is yes. See, if you're still here, you've gone through some stuff. You have persevered. We're going to meet my first guest in just a minute. Perseverance, dedication, persistence, all of those have allowed you and given you an opportunity and a permission to speak. And so I just started class and I put this crazy quest out last night for people. They completely were blown away. I said, you guys, your job right now is to find by the end of this week, one non-paid speaking gig in front of 10 people minimum could be virtual. It could be in person. And all of a sudden people are scrambling. How do I, how do I create this? And I, I, I challenge you. Can you, can you create a, a for your first speaking gig? Is there a senior home that would love to hear you tell a motivational story? Are there high schools? One of my first speeches was about healthy eating and an apple. I remember my six-year-old twins and we're sitting in the library talking about healthy food choices. I think that one backfired a little bit. I got a lot of complaints from parents going, you're telling my kids they can't eat bologna anymore. Like, yeah, well, sorry about that. But I love this ability that at any point, in fact, I think I'm doing it right now. I'm kind of quasi delivering a speech. I have something to say, want to be motivating. And it's the most phenomenal thing. Now I started teaching this. Why? Well, I'll tell you what, it's not just the story. And this is what I'm so proud of. It is the way in which you tell the story. Being an actress really helps. If you notice the modulation of the voice can go up or down. I can do an accent if I really wanted to, but I don't think anyone would listen to me doing that. They'd probably laugh me off the stage. Um, and all of those things that make you a speaker. Now, the crazy thing in business, you're all speakers. You have to pitch presentations. You have to stand up and pitch a boss or a new idea. Those are all speaking events. Boardrooms considering a speaking event where there's more than two or three people in the room. You're not just at dinner talking. And I'm going to encourage all of you just for a second to go, wow, I would like a side hustle or to do something additional. Could I speak? The other benefit of that I'm teaching speaking, I come from the acting perspective and I love this idea of show business. I was lucky enough to have the show kicked out of my butt for a while and focus on the business. That's why I have a career. I think I had an acting teacher who's like, that's nice that you can all act and look cute on stage, but do you know how to get an agent, pay your taxes, uh, finance movies? It just was all this business part that I had no idea. And I think I'm continuing to work well past many of my actor friends because I used to sneak away and go off to home shopping. Now, I have friends who are waitresses. That was the, the, the old joke. I don't know if you remember, but, you know, you know if you're an actress, really, what, what restaurant do you wait at? And that because of being waitress is a very flexible job, right? Well, I'm not a very good waitress. Just I don't have good coordination, balance, or patience. Which one wills out? Yeah, I just don't. I, I always tip really nice because I don't know how waitresses do it, man. That is a tough job. So I discovered home shopping and I discovered how I could leverage my skill set. And I found this amazing thing called QVC and HSN. And I would go and I would sell health and wellness products and fitness products. And I'd have to travel from LA all the way to Pennsylvania because it was live in studio. Felt like you were acting. There were cameras pointed towards you. But I would leave with ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 because I sold a whole lot of product. In fact, I don't know if you guys know, but in my career as a television presenter, home shopping, and infomercial host, I've sold over $2.5 billion worth of product. 
Yeah, this little mouth I have kind of makes money every time I open it. So I would get home to my acting class after having a really good sales day, and my friends would turn to me going, oh, you sell crap on television. I'm like, excuse me? You're a waitress. I just sold a couple of hundred thousand dollars worth of crap on television. And by the way, it's not crap. It's wonderful. I love what I do. And it was an interesting, as my career grew in that field, I had to, one, I had to develop a sense of my own self-esteem. It's fascinating when people who are close to you put you down. I don't think they think they mean well or they're just nasty. Or people in a lower income bracket. Somebody once said to me, people above you, and there's always somebody above you. I'm not making any judgment here. There's always people, there's lots of billionaires out there and there's lots of people who don't, can't rub two nickels together. People above you don't make fun of you. They don't have the time. They don't really care. It's always the people who are like right behind you that are kind of going, mm, can I bring her down? Weird phenomenon. I don't do that. I love supporting people. Uh, and I've got a lot of claw marks on my back of people going, oh, who do you think you are? You know who I am? I'm a little kid who's out there to make a difference. And I could afford to pay for my family, my twins as a single mom. I think I did really good for my family. Uh, and then this thing called podcast came out, pretty much glorified speeches audio-wise. You know, I don't know if you love listening to audio books, but I listen to them all the time. I don't have enough time to read anymore. It's all about the sound of the voice. Uh, and one of my greatest pleasures, I think, was when I wrote my first book, they asked me, would you record it? That was such a kick. But that was one glorified speech. So... If you are curious about all the things I'm talking about, always go to ForbesRiley.com and check out what I'm doing next in terms of my training. This one uh, that we're in the middle of is 12 weeks long with the most wonderful people. Can I tell you, and thank you for being a listener, uh, and reach out to me on social media as well and say hi. What we've created now after four, four years since COVID is an extraordinary community of entrepreneurs, of dreamers, of people who are supportive. And I have a little little side comment for those of you at a certain age group. And here's how nicely I put this. If you graduated without a cell phone from high school, you're my people. Does that make sense? Yeah. We kind of knew when the phone was tethered to the wall in the kitchen and we all, everyone could listen in on your conversations. That's my generation. I don't know what you call us, but we're the post cell phone. My daughter, I think was born. She came out with a little cell phone going, look, mom, I got a cell phone. Uh, and she can run around it with no, like, I, I can't even, I'll never do it. It's just a different generation. And so I'm going to urge you as you get older. And if you're smart enough to become wiser, you might want to leave a bit of a legacy. Some of the things that you've overcome. See, so many of the people looking at us who are successful go, oh, you just had it easy. It was fun. no easy. The people that you're looking at whose names you know persisted in a time when they struggled. I've met lots of successful people. Most of them don't feel successful. You know, there's a big difference between having money handed to you. My daughter's got a lot of friends who've got trust funds. That's a very different experience. If you know that no matter what you do, there's money in the bank. I grew up without anything. I grew up with a dad who was a hardworking mechanic who at one point had a very bad accident, spent three years in the hospital, uh, 15 operations. It was a very challenging childhood that I wouldn't have traded for anything because it taught me integrity. It taught me, again, perseverance. You know, and then I raised a little boy from South Central for 12 years of his life, very, very important in my life, who was murdered. Not a lot of people know that. And it taught me a lot. And I'm still here in spite of all of the things that I have gone through. And so I urge you that if you're sitting listening to this going, what am I doing? I'm a little lost. 
to stand up, move your body a little bit. Because when you move, put some music on, dance a little bit before you start asking yourself life's big questions. And don't try to solve it all in one day. But you know, if you're here, what could you be talking about? What could you tell a group of high school kids or college kids that you learned the hard way? What have you learned in business? What, what have you learned from your failures? I always say the worst part of your life is the best part of your pitch and the very, very best part of your speech. The coolest thing right now is YouTube. You can go and you don't have to travel now to see great speeches. You can see all of the TED Talks without ever having to pay for streaming or go on, you know, go to these cities. They're all right there at your fingertips on your phone and your laptop. I would invest a little bit of time. Podcasts are great, but I really also love the visual of a speech. And when you find one that you just love, will you reach out to me on social media and let me know what you're listening to? Share the wealth. All right, I'm going to bring up my very first guest. I want you guys to meet. He's been patiently listening to me talk. And I'm going to ask him what he thinks about all this. But Mr. Terry Knight, pop up here onto my stage. Cool. Thank you, Dr. Forbes Riley. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. So what's your big takeaway from what you just heard? Well, you know, I think everyone struggles with speaking. Even I have, right? And I think you mentioning, which I didn't really think of it that way, start small, right? Five, ten people. And build up to it where you speak into tens and thousands of people like you are on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, I think confidence is definitely part of it and practice, right? So I think if you don't have enough practice, then you don't have the confidence to go out there and do what you do best. Um, what do you want so to be when you were little? You know, funny enough, a basketball player, <laughs> NBA <laughs> basketball player. Never happened. But um, who's your, who, who do you idolize? Who are you looking at? Um, you know, Tracy McGrady, not sure if anyone knows who he is, but, uh, he used to play for the Orlando magic. Um, that was like my favorite player at the time. So my husband is Jordan all the way every, he still wears Jordan sneakers and clothes. And he could, my husband could junk for a long time before his motorcycle accident. Now he can't do much. His ankle is all shattered, which is unfortunate. Oh, but I, you know, the funny thing too, is that I used to hang out with a billionaire and his wife. This is one of my, I love stories. One of my favorite stories is they lived at the very top of literally thing called Mount Olympus in Hollywood and at a big old Rolls Royce. And you know what he did for a living? They sold shampoo and conditioner, but they sold a lot of it. Yeah. They sold it to the hotels. They just, and he got up every morning at 5, 15 in the morning and drove his 45 minutes to work, but they lived at the top. And they used to, I used to drive the first time I ever had experience with a Rolls Royce and we would go down to the Laker game. I didn't go up with any sports at all. I had no idea the game I wasn't watching because I was too busy, like talking in the back room, had Magic Johnson, had Kobe, had everybody playing. And I didn't know the game. And the other thing that that um, is that he would do on the way in. This is crazy. He would roll down his window on the way. And if you don't know where the Lakers played in downtown L.A. was not the nicest of places for a long time. He would hand out hundred dollar bills to people. There were bums on the street who would go, hey, Mr. Gray, here's 100. The parking attendant, here's 100. They'd walk in. He must have given out probably, I don't know, 30, 40 of them every game. And I, I just, I, I was lucky enough to be privy to this because it just felt right. It felt really cool to hang out with him. But I, again, I was doing more business. Than, I, didn't know about foot, about, I didn't know about football or basketball. My dad didn't like any sports. And now I'm married to an avid ball watcher. And I have now, I've watched, you know, I didn't realize the artistry of a Magic Johnson, of a Michael, you know, of a Kobe. I just, man, 
And then I translated that recently to football. Like, I feel like I just woke up and discovered that I, I always knew the Super Bowl was there, but I only watched it for the commercials. Commercials <laughs> <laughs> are the and best now part. Like, Come on, Patrick, you can bring it home. Man. I don't know. I'm crazy. What did you like about the player that you like so much? Um, just how resilient he was and how he attacked, right? And I think that goes with business as well. You always want to be on beast mode, as I call it. You always want to attack, improve every aspect of your life. For them, I think it was basically practicing, right? Even if it was just the basics, we're talking just bouncing and dribbling or right. shooting layups, something that basic that you do, you technically um, take advantage of. Like you're sitting there saying, hey, that, I'm too good for that. Well, you start with the basics, right? Just like selling with you, Dr. Forbes. Right. You start with the basics, you keep pitching, and you become a master like you've taught others. So. I love that. So what did your dad do for a living? Uh, my dad, well, he kind of bounced around a lot of jobs, but now he's doing a lot of fix and flipping with homes, which is pretty neat. He's very handy with the hands. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool because I get to learn from him a lot as far as how to renovate homes. Well, let's talk about your career. Tell everybody a little about it, who you are, what you do, and how you got to this, this prominent position in business. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Terry Knight uh, in the short-term rental industry, right? Everyone calls it Airbnb. Um, but yeah, I started back in 2019, uh, kind of learned the ropes. And then we had the pandemic hit, right? Everyone was Ooh. affected by it, unfortunately, especially the hospitality industry. Uh, so that kind of tanked for everyone, unfortunately. Um, I was able to kind of help um, hotels. So I worked with a bunch of hotels in New York, uh, and I was able to help them drive traffic and get people to stay during these hard times. And we helped Wait, wait, wait. Let's stop right there. You helped hotels drive traffic in a time when no one was traveling. What was the secret? What did you do? There wasn't no secret. I mean, the, the only secret was just marketing, right? Marketing at different OTAs, which is online travel agencies like Airbnb, VRBO. Um, Expedia, TripAdvisor, uh, they're just like over a hundred to be honest, but you know, traffic that way, traffic, you know, going on Facebook groups, posting, uh, buy and sell groups as well. Just promoting, promoting the business all, all the ways you can. And you can. just, is this an innate talent of yours? You just got it? Well, I didn't get it at first. I had to work hard just like you have. Um, it didn't work at first, but I had to be persistent. I had to keep attacking and figure out what worked, what didn't. And, um, Little behold, I worked with this hotel manager and the owner, and we were racking up so much revenue throughout the whole year. Uh, I think we racked in like forty, thirty thousand dollars along those lines. Wow! And that's just free traffic, by the way. I'm not spending any advertising. Okay, so um, that was pretty cool for that part. And um, I have business partners now, uh, Gil and Vanessa. Shout out to them, and we have our own short-term rental business. It's in the luxury space. We're in South Florida and we're looking to expand. And basically, you know, we're able to, you know, cater to people that travel, right? Florida is a a tourist attraction, (laughs) right? South Florida is. South Beach, you know, um, the stadium, all that good stuff. So we help cater to that market as well. So what that means, so let's let's break it down. Because I own Mm -hmm. a couple of Airbnbs. I have, and I certainly stay at them all over the world. Mm -hmm. There is like a new thing in the beginning, I think Airbnb was people just had a place in their house. And now it seems like they all got the memo on how to decorate an Airbnb. Like you walk in, there's a certain style. I mean, they all go to a school for that one. I like with a certain kind of welcome <laughs> sign and the, the toilet paper looks a certain way. And there's like all this cool furniture. I walk in like, I know this place has been like professionally Airbnb. Exactly. What is that? Well, that's the key, Dr. Forbes. You, you got to 
do interior decorating. You have to be creative. You have to be different because let's face it, post pandemic, everyone got into the short term rental space and they were listing out their homes, their rooms, took a little picture on their phone and just listed it. And guess, right. and guess what? They were just oh, I stayed in a money. couple of those, by the way. They were horrible. <laughs> exactly. I have right? a back room you can stay in. And I'm like, <laughs> it looked much better in the picture. <laughs> Exactly. False advertising, as I call it as well. But yeah, people were making a lot of great money that year. It was everyone was so locked down during the pandemic. They just wanted to get out, travel and just experience and enjoy life. So we had a great year on the short term rental, like hospitality space. And then 2023 hit. And guess what? The market shifted. Right. So it really pushed out people that were just in it for the money, per se, because when you want to build a business, you want to build it because you're passionate about it. And also you want to build a great business. You want to be able to sell it one day. Right. Um, so it pushed out a lot of people that just bought into it just to make a quick buck. Got right? it. So you have to actually build a business. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're building a brand. We're seeing what we can do to kind of drive traffic off the OTAs, off of Airbnb. So people know more about us, about our story. And, um, you know, it's about building the business and just doing the hard work. You got to do the hard work. All right. So let, let's break this down about what is the hard work. So when you so you own you said you're building a brand. Is there a kind of different company you're calling this? Well, it, yeah. A short term rental company. Yeah. OK. TVCstays.com. Mm-hmm. Say again? TVCstays.com. OK, cool. And so if I go to that site, what's different about your properties? Our properties are luxury, right? And we offer 24-7 concierge uh, customer service. We have a little bit of more of a spin. We're, we're catering to you. We want you to have the best experience possible when you're staying with us. Wow. So we're, we're there at your feet. Um, all of our properties, most of them are beachfront. So you get to see the ocean. Yeah, right? I got and it. Some are intercoastal. And we have a few mansions as well uh, that people love to stay when they're traveling to Fort Lauderdale, which is for the boat show. And different type of events that happen throughout the year. Right. And then we have regular, you know, suburban um, properties that we actually manage. And that's for people just visiting just to go to the beach and just to go shopping or just visiting for work. Right. Or traveling and and working in different areas, part of the city. So we cater to each part, but we do very well with communicating with our guests and making sure they have everything they need every step of the way. Do hotels hate you? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. When I, <laughs> of course. When I worked with the hotels in New York, that was the number one uh, issue. Oh, these people doing Airbnb, they're taking our money, you know, our shares of the market. Right. Um, listen, everyone has their own preference, hotels and Airbnbs. Uh, you know, I prefer hotels, but I get why people like Airbnbs because it's like a home, right? You want to feel like you're home. Right, but you usually don't get like the swimming pool and the cool bar and a lot of people kind of hanging yeah. out. There's definitely, you know, it's funny. And I'm sure as you, you're beginning to see, there's a real kind of person. For me, I go back and forth. There are times okay. when I, and bam, we just stayed at the coolest Airbnb. I just shot the lead in a movie uh, out in Arizona. There was nothing. We're, we're talking south of Tucson. There was nothing. And this these people built this unbelievable home, a sustainable home. It was really modern. And I'm like, or you could stay at the Motel 6. That was the only two choices in town. This one. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm in your mansion all day long with the whole water heaters and everything kind of neat. Way better than the Hotel 6. Definitely. I uh, don't recommend Motel 6, but uh, you want to make sure you, you cater to your guests all, all sorts of ways. Definitely. What's the weirdest thing a, a guest wants? Like, you're like, this is incredible. Crazy. Um, 
I won't say weirdest, but we had a lot of damages. So people kind of get like freaked out because you have guests that stay at your property and it may cause right? damage. It may, how, how may, may cause damage. How, how do you damage your house? What do you have to do to cause damage? You have to have a party? You have to get mad at your spouse? What? Yeah, party, all crazy things. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you one thing. One of the crazy things, we had someone stay. It was a group of 12 people in our intercoastal property. Um, they checked out. They left it a mess, dirty mess. We're talking dirty towels, stains. There was blood on the wall. It was very intense. So we had to really figure out what happened. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. The crime scene with bad. the dead body in so, the bed. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. We're not sure what happened, right? But it was blood. Very, oh, very crazy. God. Um, but it's yeah. But we had to close it down for a couple of days to really clean it up and see exactly oh, wow. what happened and get claims open for damages and all that good stuff. So crazy. All it's right. Well, you know, we do guys, we do live in a, a wonderful time as an entrepreneur. You know, I broke down and and started using Turo. That was a, a ver- the first time I did well, I remember the remember the first time you got into an Uber? I remember that. I was in San Diego. And it was ethnic. Doesn't matter what the ethnic. It was. A, it was a different ethnicity, um, and I. So it was. It was a guy. who was Chinese. I walked in, and I'm like, and he didn't speak English. And I'm getting into a car with a man who doesn't speak English, and then my mom is. My mom is gone twenty years. She's like, don't get in the car with strangers. So I'm like, but this is an Uber thing, and and I'm like, I don't know how to talk to him. But he's got my address, and I'm. And then we offered me candy. I ran. No, just kidding. I was like. And it turned out to be the nicest, sweetest man in the world. Like, so helpful, so wonderful. But I'm like, not a cab. Very different. And I'm like, is this going to be a good thing? And then, of course, Uber became what it is. Then Airbnb. The Turo thing, I couldn't get my head around. How do you let somebody have your car? Now what I realized, and again, that was the old days. Now what I'm discovering, just like you're doing the Airbnb, people are buying cars for the sake of doing this which really is a very smart business move. It's fascinating to me to watch the evolution of this. And I'm going to say, if you want a side hustle, whether you are the Uber or Lyft driver, I will tell you, I was in LA and I took eight. I have a little fitness product that I sell that I created called a spin gym. If you've ever seen one, adorable. It's a little bag for it. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, the best way for me to market my product, sit in the back of an Uber. Every driver that I had bought, I made money Ubering. <laughs> it was the coolest thing in the world because everybody wanted one. It's like, oh, you can get, you can exercise while you're waiting in your Uber. Um, but the Turo one is my latest. And, you know, I'm going to say, and maybe you have some thoughts on this, that if the car rental companies and the hotels don't wake up, they're going to really lose out because they're not providing the kind of service or product that someone like you is doing or the Turo guy or my beautiful Uber driver? <laughs> no, 100%, uh, Dr. Forbes. So, for instance, you know, there's a um, budget car rental, right? right? You have to go to their location to get the car. I know. Turo, you can actually have someone drop the car off to you, I okay? Know. It's you crazy. Do, it, it's, it's such a convenient. Yeah, it, it's the best thing. Well, and then I got my head around how it works because just like you said about people destroying your property is that and it's the coolest app because you get in and you take a picture of everything to prove that it's fine when you got in and then you take a picture of everything when you leave. And it's like, oh, so without the app and the technology, that particular company would never have existed. But it does and it works really well. And so for those of us who are an insider, I mean, I travel every week. I'm on tour now for the next eight weeks. Uh, every one of them is mostly hotels because they're shorter stays. Um, one is an Airbnb and then a lot of Turos. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to get in the Airbnb business? 
Well, to put in the work. It's going to be hard work. It's not how it was post-pandemic. And what I mean is you're going to have to really, you know, start driving people to your website, build a brand, right? You don't want to rely on Airbnb and VRBOs and these other online travel agencies because guess what? They can shut you down or suspend your account. And guess what? You won't make, you won't make any type of revenue. Oh, wait, this is great. Give me your, your website again. I'm going to look it up. Uh, TVCstays.com. TVC. What does that stand for? The Vacation Creation. There you go. The Vacation Creation. TVCstays.com. Okay, so you have yeah. to say this again. because I just got shut out of Facebook. I, I must have I, – I market a lot. They, and it's not like I got hacked. They shut me down. They literally yeah. shut my account down with zero warning. I would never even imagined they could do that. And I'm like, well – and there's no explanation. You violated community standards. Well, I have no idea what I did, which is really unfortunate. It's kind of like having your First, first Amendment rights taken away. Like, I don't know what I did. You're not explaining it. You're just like, you violated something. You're done. Well, how can I know not to do that again? Exactly. Irrelevant. Exactly. Now, I love this. One of the things, if you go to his site, is to sign up and receive $100 off your first trip. Dude, you learned some pretty good marketing. Where did you get your marketing skills? Um, team effort, uh, Vanessa Gilbert. But um, for me, I've been in marketing since 2015, so... You just want to give everything you can to kind of entice a, a guest to come stay with you, right? $100 off. Uh, we offer vouchers as well to eat at the local restaurants in the hotel. Um, a massage as well. So we give little perks as well when you book directly with us versus on Airbnb or VRBO, stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Oh, you're taking on the big guy. That's very clever. Yeah. Very convenient. Oh. You want to you want to give people options and make it worth their while, right? I love this. First of all, your site looks spectacularly beautiful. Tell me about your partners, because having partners in business is always challenging. It is challenging, but I love these guys, Vanessa and Gil. Um, they actually helped me purchase my first home in, in Miami, so they were my realtor. So that's oh a funny no, story. that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so we ended up keeping in touch, and then I was getting into the Airbnb short-term rental space, and he was already in it. They were in it. And, you know, we all have our good, you know, parts in the business, right? Like, I'm not going to be always good in sales like that. That would be Gil or Vanessa with marketing as well. I'm good also with just, you know, the back end, the boring stuff, you know, the automations, the setting up the websites, the make sure things are running properly. And we all kind of put everything together, and we mesh. We actually work well together. And it's been a great partnership and we're just looking to scale and grow. What do you think entrepreneurs can learn most from you? Um, I'm patient. I guess that's the number one thing people realize when they meet me. I'm very patient, chill, laid back. And what that means is I, I love to coach and teach people. So even if you don't get it the first, second, third, fourth, you know, 10th time, I'm here for the long run. I want you to be successful. So I'm patient enough to want to let you learn every aspect of this business and to make you succeed, right? So that's part of our coaching program as well. We love to teach people and we love to see people make money. You know, we have students that have made six figures in this business just by us coaching them, which is a pretty cool thing. Wow. Uh, that's pretty crazy. I, I love the fact that you are now teaching this. So if I come to you, what can I learn? Uh, everything. Like, you know, for instance, you can't do short-term rentals in all markets. You have to do research. There's local regulations and restrictions. You don't want to get a property and then end up having to pay fines or get, you know, in trouble, basically. 
So that's the number one thing. You got to get licensed in your local city, right? You have to go oh. to the city and get licensed to actually do short-term rentals. This little stuff that people don't know about. And the three more things, right? To get into this industry, there's three ways, okay? One of them is co-hosting. What that means is, like you, Dr. Forbes, if you had a property or a vacation home that you're sitting there saying, hey, I'm not here half of the year. I would love to rent it out for short-term rental to make more cash. More right. cash flow, right? Uh, we actually property manage. We'll we'll manage it for you. You don't deal with any of the headaches, the guest communication, the money, all that stuff is all hands off. You just collect your check, and that's it. That's the most easiest entry barrier of entry to get inside the business because it doesn't require any upfront capital, right? And you're just pitching, pitching, like you say, you're pitching your your product, right? You're pitching. These uh these owners and what you can do for them, and that's right. one of the caveats for it as well. Um, so that's the easiest thing you can do to start in the business. The second thing is requires a lot of capital intense that you have to have up front, and that's rental arbitrage, which means you're going into an owner and you're going to rent their property, and you're going to get um, approval to say, hey, I'm going to sublease sublease this, sublet it, and let me do Airbnb, Verbo, you know rent it out on a short-term basis. They have to sign an agreement that they'll allow you to do that. But the catch is you have to meet the rent first. Right. So let's say the rent is 5000 You got to figure out a way to hit $5,000 worth of bookings. And then anything after that, you got to make sure that's profit, right? Right. Anything after that would be profit. But that's very challenging in this market right now because everything kind of shifted. So that's a risk that I wouldn't take right now. I would do co-hosting. Um. And you don't require a lot of money. And the last thing would be, if you have money, go buy an asset, go buy a property. Um, you're over in Tampa, right? Dr. I Herbs? am. I am. You can go buy a luxury property out in the front of the, um, I don't know, the lake or anywhere in particular that will allow short-term rentals. And guess right. what? You can do it yourself or have someone like us manage it. And right. Well, so I more. discovered, so I do. So I, so I have a beautiful penthouse that I rehabbed and I've got a, an Airbnb right on the intercoastal. Um, and when I loved, and I have a partner who manages all of that, he's kind of maxed out. That's all he's going to do. So the question now is how much, if let's just play a game here, how much do you think that you need to get started? And by the way, if you're managing on one coast, do you also manage anywhere else or is that new for you? No, we manage anywhere around the, the, the United States of America. How do you manage how do you manage to manage? How do you do that? Because you gotta have a cleaning lady, you gotta have clean not cleaning lady, you have a cleaning person, you have to have, you know, all of that. Are you guys just good at that? Because I'm not. <laughs> it took time. It takes time, right? So if you're hosting or managing a property out of state, you gotta hire cleaners. There's different companies, you, you do a whole vetting process for that. Um, you hire boots on the ground, which you have someone kind of help manage it for a set fee. But the most important part is is technology, right? Got to have a PMS okay. system that helps run the whole system. Uh, smart locks, which means guess what? A guest doesn't need a key anymore right. because they lose it. They they break it. You're calling a locksmith that takes hours, which right. unfortunately happens, and they got to break it and put a new lock. Uh, smart lock, it's all from your phone. You just unlock it. You send codes out secure codes to guests to check in at the time that they're supposed to check in and they go in and out as they please. Right. And, you know, just like you said with marketing, like you say at a hotel, right? A Hilton, I'll give you an example, double tree or Hilton. Right. Um, you check in, guess what? Everybody wants Wi-Fi. I, right. I highly doubt no one doesn't want 
internet access. But you click on their Wi-Fi name, and guess what pops up? A splash page, right? You have yeah. to enter in your name, your email, your phone number. Depends on what the, the hotel is, but they have those criterias. Right. You click connect, and guess what? Voila, you have internet. So we use a system called StayFi, and it does the same thing. We, you have to give us your information to get internet access. And this is great because, one, we can actually help you further if you have any issues while you're staying at our property. And then second, you can actually take that information and market and do email marketing and SMS marketing to give them discounts and future stays. Get them enticed to come stay with you more after that. So I'm thinking I might have a business partner here. I think we're like looking at a business partner in the making. Because I'm, hey. I would love, hey. well, I'd love to invest in some more properties. I'm sitting on a beautiful house right now that I'm like, I wonder if I could Airbnb this. Well, you can, Doctor Forbes, and I'll give you, I'll give you a tip. Uh, we use AirDNA. It's AirDNA.co, I believe, and it actually tells you how much you can make off your property. All right, that's the that's biggest Air tip right now. AirDNA.co. We're going to totally check that out. Yeah, or just type in AirDNA, but. It's pretty cool. You can look up any address and get cops on how much you can potentially make on a property. Okay. Um, now, for our example, we use AirDNA all the time. Based off the numbers for our properties, we always make 30% more, which is pretty neat. Um, wow. Not everyone can do that. Not everyone can do that, but you want to be conservative, right? If AirDNA shows you a number, be very conservative on that one or you know, 10% less, 10, 15% less. But it's pretty cool to see how long you can get booked for, how much you can make for the whole year, and like when's your season? Like how busy are you? So every market is different, right? For us, we're in South Florida and Miami. Our seasons are from December to May 1st, high season. That's when everyone wants to travel. You know, it's the holiday season, you know, all that great stuff. But after that, it's a low season, which means you have to market. You have to work hard. You got to get direct bookings. You got to figure out ways to have people come stay at your property and then that's where the real work comes takes place because you're planning ahead when the slow season starts. I am loving this. I am also looking at this. I just went on air DNA. That's kind of a crazy site. By the way, do you do you think the market's gonna crash or continue or what's your what's your take on all this? No. Um I think it's it's gonna continue down what it's doing right now. Um interest rates should come down a little bit, nothing crazy. Um but you know, everyone has their own opinion about that. I think we'll be fine. Hopefully by 2025, things will kind of shift back. But I think if you want to buy, you can buy. I would just be cautious on how you want to do it. So if you have your first home, primary home, buy it. Great. If you want to start, you know, building wealth and building assets, mm-hmm. use Air DNA and, you know, consult with someone that knows what's going on and figure out which market you want to purchase your property so that one, you, you have two options. When you buy a property, let's sit there and say you want to buy a property in Las Vegas, Doctor Forbes. You mm-hmm. just want to, you love it out there. You want to buy. That's one, ironic. California. That's exactly where I'm looking at the moment. Really? Yeah, Las pretty Vegas? intuitive. Oh, on Las your Vegas. Part. Okay, cool. So look, you want to find a place where you can rent it long term, just in case you don't want to stay there. You right. know, you don't want a house to sit and you're not collecting any money. You want to be able to have the ability to do long term and short term. But I think Las Vegas, they actually. There's restrictions. You can't do short-term rentals in Las Vegas because of the hotels. Well, you can, just not on the strip. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's, it's well, it, it'll be the outskirts of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's important to know where you are and make sure that you, you can actually do it. But yeah, in the in the strip, you definitely can't. The, the hotels will 
they have this whole it thing will eat on, you up. Yeah, it will get eat that. you up. Right, so, so you want to make sure those two things. So, what's your big hope for the future? Do you think for you, you sound so deliciously ambitious? Um, Doctor Forbes, I just work really hard, and I think when I set my mind to it, I just keep going, even if it fails and it sucks. Like we're, in entrepreneurship, there's always something happening where you get kicked in the nuts or, you know, you get a slap in the face and then you got to, you know, bring yourself up and figure out ways to kind of get over that hump. Um, but for us, I, you know, I'm trying to build the company with my partners, scale it that way, um, help other people out there that want to actually make money, right? Uh, we have an affiliate. It's called the STR method. So what that means is basically if you want to make money, if you're struggling to make ends meet, this is the thing for you. This is no investment required at all. All you have to do is find, you know, people that have properties or owners or investors like yourself, people that want to invest in properties and have them like basically send them our way. We'll manage the property. And guess what? You'll get a commission every single month of 5% of the total revenue. Okay. And 10% the first booking. So I'll give you an example. Okay. Let's sit there and say Dr. Forbes gives us a referral and we get the, the owner onboarded for an apartment. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a two bedroom, two bath. The property makes $6,000 for that whole month. But the first booking, we're able to generate $1,500. So you get 10% that first booking, which is $150. Right. And then, okay, again, the, the property is going to make $6,000 that month. So you get 5% of that for that total revenue, which is 300 bucks. Now, okay, let's face it, 300 bucks. Okay, what am I going to do with 300 bucks? I'd rather have 300 bucks than $0 at all. So that's great. Um, if you Bobby do that Castro times 12. Them, do that times 12. Yeah, it adds up, right? But think of it this way as well. My uh, mentor, Bobby Castro, he always mentions- I love Bobby. Oh, I love Bobby. Love Tell Bobby. him I said hi. Yes. Definitely uh, will. Uh, Bobby's cool. But he, he had this thing where he kind of shifted my mind because I'm always thinking about big and large and I just want everything now. It's like, right. no, think long-term. Even if it's small amounts, think long-term. So think of you making 300 bucks and you go out there and then you go and um, you get five more of those apartments. That's 300 bucks times five. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're making that much just by bringing on five apartments towards us. You're not dealing with the headaches. You're not dealing with the customers. You're not dealing with the, the, the damages. Oh, yeah. No, you're it's a great concept. You're just collecting a check. That's it. I and love you that. just take your time. You take your time and you build it. That's it. I got to tell you, it's a very interestingly substantial model. And then once you've shown that product, that product onto you, it stays under you forever. Yes? Correct. So as long as we have the contract in place, which we're really good at keeping owners and contracts and people happy, right. it can be whenever that is. Yeah, I'm thinking I can turn you on to some things. This is kind of fascinating <laughs> to me. I'm just loving this. How do people yeah. find your website, though? It's easy. You know, we think about Airbnb and VRBO, but to go to a different website and you talk about marketing, break that down for the average listener. What does that mean? What do you have to do to get somebody's eyeballs on your site? You got to promote it. You got to promote it. Like, for, for instance, for our short-term rentals, which is an overall aspect. In of both, in both. Start you and then build bigger for someone else's ears. I mean, you just have to be consistent and post TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Those are the core things you got to do on a daily basis. Start building an email list as well, um, which is not easy. But hey, if you can provide value, 
get right. an email in return and then build that list as well. Um, I mean, it, it, you, you could do Facebook ads, Instagram ads, which is pretty cool, um, but that requires money. So I'm trying to give ways for people to do it for free without having to spend money because you don't really know what you're doing at first, right? You have to keep spending to you know to see what works, right? Um, and you know you just want to. For us, short-term rentals, we use all of the hundred OTAs, which is online travel agencies. That means, hey, we're listing your property here, yep. for the whole world to look at, and that's a hundred oh. of those platforms. You just want to make sure on every single platform to make sure you get some visibility at least. And the key thing too is pricing. And I know you mentioned in your pitches as well, and your formula for pitching and stuff. Price is really not an issue. Now this is you know something out of the ballpark, but with the short-term rental space, you want to be competitive with your rates, right? If someone down the street is charging fifty dollars less than you are, they'll probably choose it over you, right? The way to get out of that is you want to add as many amenities as you can. You want to check mark that. Yeah. Add a pool, hot tub, uh, pool table, um, arcade system. I mean the list goes on. If right. you can add such great amenities and someone down the street, they're going to choose you versus, you know, paying someone $50 less. They'll pay the $50 more because of what they're getting, the value. I love this. What do you do when you're not working? I work. <laughs> I work I got, nonstop. I, got but, that. Uh, I totally I, got that vibe. Well, you're young enough to do. Can I ask how old you are? Uh, 36. Yeah. But you got if that I'm vibe. not, yeah. But if I'm not working, I have a 15 month old Blake, uh, love him to death. And my wife love her to death. I spend time with them as much as I can, but I'm always working. But you can ask anyone. Like, I'm always working though. Well, in your 30s, trust for somebody, I'm twice your age. Well, not really, but close. Um, there's, a, there's a time to hustle. There's a season and a reason for things. And you are in that mode. And I love that you've got that drive. That's who I am. And that's who I've always been. My 20s, my 30s, and my 40s were massive hustle time. I still hustle because I just find great gratitude in helping people. And getting them to see, you know, if I can teach someone to pitch, you you come to the table with a whole lot of skills and it's fun to talk to you. I talk to so many students who don't understand this, who are still wondering what an email list is or or why they'd want to do certain things or don't have the sensibility. Do you find that when you meet new people, they just they don't get it? Yeah. yeah. And it's fascinating to me that they don't get it, which is good. I don't want everyone to get it. So you're right over there. Let me go get it and you can, I'll talk to you later. Or I'll teach you. I mean, that's, I have over 22,000 students at the moment. Um, because there are things that you want to learn. And so I love the fact that you're coaching as well. Do all three of you coach? You, you and your partners? Do you yeah. and your partners all teach? Yeah, we all teach. And uh, we're here to make sure people are succeeding. They make sure they can make at least six figures in the short-term rental industry. And that's our goal every single time. That's powerful. How is it a course that we take? Is it a, is it a mentorship? How does it work for you? Uh, we offer both mentorship, which is where we actually build it in a box. We take your hand, we build the whole systems. We help you get a property, everything. You're just here to learn and wow. we hand you the keys. That's one option. Or we have a great community, which we just launched where we offer a seven day free trial, which means you get access to our course. We do a coaching call three times a week. And we're putting all this cool stuff in here where you can get, you know, prizes and all this cool gamification stuff inside the program in the community as well. And um, the whole goal is for everyone to teach everyone else as well. If you can help someone, why not answer the question? Why not like it? Do this and that. So we're here to teach and we're here to make people be financially free if that's possible. Well, it is on some level very possible. And I'm excited to maybe have you come into my mastermind and, and just talk about what you do because it's a very powerful side of the business. 
And I imagine if you also have a great pitching skill, maybe I come and teach your training, that that ability to communicate. Because for me, pitching is not selling. Pitching is enrolling someone else, exciting them and engaging them in what you're up to. And if you can figure out somebody else's problem and you have the solution. So when you're doing that very well, just instinctively, I think it's who you are. But by adding more value and not lowering your price is a really important thing. People aren't always price shopping, but they certainly are amenity shopping. And if I know that I could get the pool table and the hot tub and maybe the massage and I got a coupon for a dinner. Wow, dude, I'm booking you all day long. And when you treat people nice, because one of the things that you've understood in the hospitality industry is that word hospitable is that you be nice to people. I've been in hotels where it's just, I literally, what did I the other day, the, the, the industry has done something very stupid and very devious, and that's charge these resort fees, which are sometimes $50 for a resort fee, and you ask them what it's for, and it's for using the pool and the Wi-Fi, and I'm like, you got to be, you've been telling me that's not included. No, but it's a mandatory fee. So what you should have said is that you're really charging $50 more for your rate, so you're lying to me, and that's not cool that you're lying to me. Then I went to the Palms, and I'm going to shout them out because they weren't nice about it. One of my favorite little hotels, I fell in love in this hotel with my husband years ago, and their pool was closed. I got up to my favorite suite. The pool was closed. The restaurant was closed. Everything was being renovated. I went downstairs. I'm like, dude, what's the deal? I've got like a $65 resort fee. Everything I use is closed. Well, but we, it's, for, it's for the mattress and toiletries. And I thought, <laughs> I, have, I have to record you. The from Motel 6 is not charging for mattress and toiletries. You think that's what this is? You're so lying. You're so lying. Anyway, uh, and they wouldn't give me my money back. But it's mandatory. No. And I think the, it's, like a, it's like a mass consciousness of lying to people, overcharging. Then we got a big parking lot, but it's another $25, $50 to park your car. I'm like, what are you? You're raping people. <laughs> they're take, they're there to take your money. Yeah. And a lot of hotels are doing that. Resort fees and, and valet. How do you feel even, about even that? Even self-parking. Even self-parking. You got to pay to go park your car and then walk to the hotel. You know, well, I, because, they have the pro- because they can. But how devious and I don't know, Dad, what is, it's making your business look so much better. Because yeah, the funny course. thing it's too is, this is important. If you're, if you're looking at an advertised rate, and because I shop and I stay in a hotel at least almost once a week, um, and you see a price, let's say it's $300. But when you're done, it ended up being $500 a night between the hotel fee and the resort fee and the whatever else they're doing and the this, and then you'll tip them in. Like, wait a second here. And so for the same price, although yours is advertised a little higher, you get better quality, better service, and more amenities. Huh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I hate it. I hate it. And I think we get a lot of customers or guests that complain about the same thing. That's why we're able to give so much value because we understand their needs, wants, and desires. And what a concept that value for a person in business is a really good idea. I have learned so much. There's so many great lessons to take away from this episode. You guys were also streaming live on YouTube. You'll be able to watch this again. And of course, it lives on every platform out there from iTunes to Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify. And it's playing in my bathroom right now. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, imagine, so, you know, it's funny. I, I look at, at people with young kids. My twins just turned 21. Where do you want to go on vacation? Where? Yeah. Um, Hawaii. We've never been to Hawaii, and I think that would be a cool place. I just came back from Kauai, and I highly recommend just a great vacation. I'll also, and I'm not getting paid for this, but when I had little kids, I spent 10 years working at Club Med. You might want to take a look and see what a Club Med is because they have mini clubs. So you and your wife can go enjoy, and they'll take your, your son, his son, yes? And they will take him with all the other little babies in a, like a baby mobile. 
and they'll run them all around. They'll play <laughs> with them. They'll take them to lunch. You can wave to them. They'll give you back. They have nighttime service. They'll re-diaper them. It's one of the coolest things that parents don't really know about. But I had twins and it saved me. The idea that I could play with my babies. Because some, you sometimes don't tell your son, you just don't want to. You're like, I just want to be with my partner. I just want to chill out. I want to sleep. <laughs> That's one of exactly. the coolest vacations you can take. Tell them I sent you. I spent 10 years working there. Also, I think if okay, you went yeah, to a yeah. club med that one has kids is that you would get a lot of insight into customer service. I learned my early, early marketing by working at this place because one of the things they do is they don't have employees or guests. They call them GOs and GMs. And it's a French thing, but gentle John Deal organizers and gentile members. So like if I was working there, Hey, she's a GM or you're a GO. And there was no, general manager or no bosses. Everybody was a chief of the village. You were the chief of the village or the chief of sports or the chief of the Mm -hmm. boutique and changing Mm -hmm. the lexicon, the words of those made it feel like you were at club med. Does that make sense? Not at a hotel. Mm. Yeah. And it was fascinating because that was literally my first foray into what marketing can do and how you can set yourself apart. And also because it was a club, they had an annual club fee, which was also bullshit. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but I learned a lot. So what's your big takeaway from this interview, my friend? Um, you know, for, for anything, I'm still learning from you, Dr. Forbes. And for the whole pitching and speaking thing, um, I want to get better at that. But I, I feel like um, I'm not at the level you are with that. So for me, I'll have to work on that. Like, I feel like I can really pitch that perfectly and master that craft. Well, not, you're welcome anytime. I, I, I love... I love the ears that I was born with. I hear languaging. I hear words. Um, We all have our special gift. I think one of the things, as Les Brown said, the greatest day in your life is when you're born. The second greatest day is when you figure out why you were born. (laughs) Right? And I think that you are in the right business. We've got about 45 seconds left to the end of my show. Terry, this went really way too fast. You and I are going to be doing something together. I'm very excited by what you do. Congratulations on being a new dad. And I imagine a wonderful husband. Thank you so much, Dr. Forbes. Always All lovely right, talking to you. <laughs> this was great. Everybody, you listen to Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. And if you understand the world of Airbnb, if you want to get into the coaching space of that, if you want to get coached on how to do that, how to start your first property, um, I own Airbnbs. I will tell you, it's a very uh, exciting arena to be in. You can make money, but you really should know what you're doing. And I think, Terry, I got a good night from him. Oh, is that a bad pun? Yeah. <laughs> Great resource. All right, you guys, we'll see you again next time. Be well. And uh, as always, check out Forbes Factor. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon.